Welcome to the Traffic Talk Podcast, anti-trafficking discussions for the modern abolitionists. I'm your host, Vern, from the Justice Ministry at Blue Water Mission. We've got a decade of experience fighting the injustice of human trafficking and have ministered to hundreds of victims by just using volunteers in our free time. But we've had outstanding results. We believe that there's a role for you in this fight too. On this podcast, you will hear interviews, stories, and discussions from people on the ground doing the real work. So plug in and get ready to open your heart and mind. And now, the next episode of the Traffic Talk Podcast. Episode 12 here for you today. And what we're talking about is trauma-informed spiritual care. So there's a lot of talk out there about trauma-informed care, which I think is really important. But for those of us um, with faith, for those of us in the church community, we need to talk about how to do it from a spiritual aspect. And we need to understand that, um, yeah, there's some nuances to it in bringing the spirituality to it that we have some... um, incredibly powerful and healing tools at our disposal, but we also have to wield them carefully. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is that trauma-informed spiritual care. So number one, what I would say is that we have to recognize the spiritual battle. There is clearly a spiritual battle going on in human trafficking. You know, every day that I'm in it, every day that I'm working with survivors, that I'm uh, fighting against um, traffickers, that I'm working with other advocates in the field, it just becomes clearer and clearer to me that there is a spiritual battle going on. And we need to recognize that. And we don't want to get confused in thinking, I mean, I think that we understand that, like, in our head, but sometimes we get so into it and we just get so frustrated. So don't let yourself get so focused on that trafficker or on that pimp or on that recruiter, whoever they are, ABC, whatever they are, you know, whoever they are, don't get so focused on them and thinking that that individual or that gang or that group is your enemy. They're not the primary enemy that we're concerned about. There is an overall spiritual battle, and we've got to keep that in mind as we go forward. The next thing that I would say is really important when we're talking about spiritual and spiritual care and we're making sure that we're trauma-informed is that we got to keep it real. Like We cannot be bringing in any sort of BS when we're working with survivors and just, you know, trying to gloss over things or trying to pretend that something isn't an issue. So what I mean by that, let me explain it a little bit more, is that we've got to make sure that we are leaving room for survivors to walk their own faith journey. We can't pretend that it's just as simple as, oh, you came out of this horrible situation, you know, just cast your burdens on Jesus and like walk away and it's going to be super easy. It's actually really hard. And a lot of us have experienced really tough times in our spiritual journey. 
And a lot of us have not been through anything like the survivors that we, that we are helping and that we are walking beside, you know? So we don't want to minimize what they've gone through. We don't want to overly simplify uh, what it is to have faith, what it is to believe in Jesus or to believe in God, um, what it is to deal with those struggles and those questions that come up inside of us. We want to make sure that we're giving them room to go on their own journey and, and really go through those questions themselves and allow them room to be able to search for answers and to be able to see for themselves. We want them to um, see the evidence in their own life, to see the evidence in their own walk of faith as to why they believe and what it is that they do believe. And then we also, on the keeping it real, we also got to keep it real that statistically we have customers in our congregations. And this is really important. I mean, I think it doesn't occur to a lot of people, but it's important for survivors to know that you will believe them if they say that there is a customer in the church that they are uncomfortable with. And survivors are typically always afraid of running into, I mean, they're afraid of running into former traffickers. They're afraid of running into other people that were associated or working for that trafficker or pimp. But they're also afraid of running into customers. Like it's just, it's super uncomfortable for them. It brings up all kinds of memories. Um, sometimes the, the customers are really like assertive and like won't leave them alone. And it's just really stressful. But we've got to recognize that there is a good chance that there will be customers in our congregations and letting them know that we can be real about that. Like we don't think that everybody in church is perfect. And we don't want them to think that everybody in church is perfect because not everybody is, right? Like Jesus said, he came for um, those that were sick, not those that were already healed. Um, so our church is full of people that are walking out a journey of healing that are not perfect. None of us are. Nobody in the church is perfect, you know? And so the survivors need to know that they don't want to just blindly trust everybody in the church. And we need to let the survivors know that we are also not just blindly trusting everybody just because they show up in a church service on a Sunday, you know? So just keep it really real. Let them know that they can tell you if they see a customer. Like I usually start off with, you know, when we're going to church, like, hey, um, you know, I'm not foolish enough to think that there's never been a customer inside our church, you know? So if you see somebody or just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean that they haven't been a customer to the sex industry. So if you see somebody that you recognize and it makes you uncomfortable, that is totally cool. You just let me know and I will walk out with you. We'll do whatever we need to do to leave, to get you in a different area, whatever it is so that you can feel comfortable. But don't think that I am naive enough to think that no one who's supposedly in this good place could ever have interacted um, in this industry. So I think that's really important is keeping it real. Next point that I want to talk on is prayer. And I think sometimes we can go either way. We can think that, you know, prayer is um, the only solution 
that we need, or we think that prayer is going to be overwhelming and it should not be introduced and it should not be used. And I'm actually somewhere in the middle. Okay. So I think that prayer is a must. I mean, in my experience, um, interacting with survivors that are still in the game or those that have gotten out of the game, they welcome prayer, but it's gotta be really practical. Um, and you've got to use it just really wisely. Okay. Like nobody wants to hear anybody ramble on and on and on drone on and on in prayer. Like what survivors need is they need to hear really short, practical prayers that aren't elaborate, but give them a picture of how they could actually talk to God themselves. You're painting a picture, not only for what walking with Jesus is like, like what walking with faith is, um, what your relationship with God is, but you're also painting a picture for how they could have a relationship, how they could deepen their relationship with God. I don't want to assume that they don't already have one, that they aren't coming with faith because many times they do. Many times they've been raised in the church, you know, they were in the choir, they were in Sunday school, they were the preacher's daughter, you know, and um, they got caught up in, in this one way or or another, and they're trying to figure out how to, how to work their way back, um, towards faith. And so it's important that we're practical, that we're not droning on and on, you know, and practical things to give you guys some examples is prayers for protection, prayers for sleep, prayers for comfort, prayers for, um, physical pain to stop prayers for, um, uh, emotional pain or the mental struggles to stop, um, prayers for them to be able to find, um, the right doctors and the right therapist and the right friends that can support them, you know, so that their emotional, relational, physical, all the needs can be met. Um, prayers for, um, freedom from the mental struggles that they're going through, freedom from the flashbacks, from the nightmares, um, all of those kinds of things. Okay. So you can make your prayers really practical make them short, make them sweet and it will speak more to the survivors than your long prayers ever could. Okay, next one that I want to talk about next aspect is understanding your role in this spiritual care. And how I like to say it is that we need to understand that we are often carrying at least an aspect, if not a primary portion of the spiritual battle for freedom and the hope that the survivor can have freedom. We are carrying that for them. They are trying to walk out of lot. They are trying to figure out possibly a whole new way of life. They are trying to figure out how to transfer out of something that was very traumatic and very overwhelming, but all encompassing in so much of their days, their nights, their thoughts. Um, everything that they're now trying to figure out basically how to live a new life. And we need to carry that hope, that faith, um, the real spiritual battle side of it, where we see them uh, struggling, where we see um, triggers and uh, potholes and roadblocks and you know, all these barriers, like just kind of jumping up inside of the survivor, we can't expect them to be able to fight all of those battles. Well, like an expert, um, they can do a lot of things. Well, they can do a lot of things better than us, 
but some of those things we've got to carry for them and we've got to just recognize that that's our role and not get frustrated that they don't know how to do it already. We got to recognize that we are doing that. And there is um, room for discipleship in this and teaching and growing, but it's a, it's a slow process. It's not a fast process and don't rush it just because you're tired of carrying that burden. Um, we can be really honored that God allows us to carry that burden for somebody and um, see how it is making a difference in an individual's life. And then the last point that I want to make here in the trauma-informed spiritual care is that we've got to make God real. Uh, We've got to be able to share an experience, a testimony, a story from our own life of how God is real, like present day with us connected, not just words on a paper that we show up once a week and that we read, that we read, but a way in which we have needed God and how he has shown up. And the bigger it is, I guess the more like unexplainable it is, in regards to natural terms, you know, the more like a miracle it is, then the the better it is, you know, like the better of a story it is and the more real it is to the survivors. And even if we look back in the Bible, you know, when um, Jesus's followers, when the disciples were starting the early church and what they were doing after Jesus um, uh, was killed, he you know, and rose and went to heaven and, you know, just told them that they were going to do more, you know, how they lived that out was that there was, um, signs and, and wonders, you know, like there was something for them to tell. There was a story for them to tell and to share with the new believers and to let them know that God was real. And I have seen God show up in very real ways in my life. I mean, I have seen him step in and do miraculous things. And I would encourage you to think back and see where there have been miracles in your life, where you have seen the hand of God. And if you don't have any big miracles, I big stories of like, wow, you, you know, places where we were just really screwed unless God showed up. If you don't have a story like that, then I encourage you to get out of your comfort box and pursue some situations, pursue taking some risk and stepping out in a way that makes you feel like that you are sacrificing for God, for his calling, but also that you really need him to show up and not everything can be accomplished within your own strength. That's really important for survivors to hear how God is real in our own lives. All right. Well, I hope that that is helpful for you guys. This is going to wrap up episode 12 on trauma-informed spiritual care. If you guys are interested in connecting with us more and finding out more about our teachings and our equippings and you know how we disciple others into becoming leaders, into becoming mentors, into starting community houses um, that can be housing solutions for trafficking survivors, then connect with us on Facebook. You can find us. Um, our name, we, we are part of Blue Water Mission. That's the name of our church and we're called Justice Ministry. So on Facebook, you can find us at BWM Justice. Okay, I look forward to hearing from you guys. And if you've got a minute, please leave us a review and um, like us so that people know that this podcast is worth listening to. Okay, hope you guys have an awesome day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.